0: Yeah. I like everything about this guy. I like his vulnerability. I like that he focuses on the innovation, the product, making things better, trying to make the world better. I like that he's got this grand vision. I like that he's not arrogant. I like that it's not this adrenaline-fueled, like kind of like raw, raw session. It's not about that. It's It's
1: not about, hey, look how great I am about my products. It's not all about him, it seems like. It's not that arrogant, self-centered, self-absorbed. Perspective. That's refreshing.
0: I mean, imagine having more people like a guy like this in different industries, like in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. Hey, how about we start figuring out things that like help people and that don't have like a thousand side effects to get, you know, one benefit? Recording from my studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a born and raised New Yorker, now living in the South. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor, the antidote to conventional financial independence wisdom. My name is Al. I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. I've worked with thousands of clients in all areas of the country and from all walks of life. Through the relationships I had with these people, I've discovered the mindsets and behaviors that are most effective in a person's financial life, plus the pitfalls and all the BS to watch out for. The financial independence community today has completely lost its way and I felt it was time to call out the FI gurus, podcasters and self-proclaimed pundits. This podcast is not about the numbers. That's what all the other financial podcasts talk about. We will focus on the emotional and psychological components that drive our behavior. I am not looking for new clients and I'm not interested in running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is from an insider's perspective and pull back the curtain on the financial industry. Now, let's get into confessions of a financial advisor. Episode eight, Tesla. I'm here with my partner in crime, Diane. Hi, Diane.
1: Hey, Al. It's great to be here.
0: Great to have you here. And so this post is about Tesla and they're somewhat charismatic, but kind of nerdy uh, CEO, Elon Musk. And Tesla is the electric car maker. But outside of just being a car maker, they're, they're more considered a technology company. And I think this is where people go wrong with thinking that they just produce cars. It's they're more about producing batteries and the technology that the cars use I thought it was just be it would be a cool topic because I've been following Elon Musk for at least 10 years at this point and definitely following Tesla and just to give you a background on Elon Musk very short he formed a company called Zip2 Corporation back in 1995 first company sold it to Compaq for over 300 million um, he didn't walk away with that but that's what the company was sold for he got a piece of that he parlayed that into a company called X.com, which later was, became PayPal, which we all know PayPal. And that was in 1999. And then he walked away from the PayPal transaction with $170 million. And I believe he was in his late 20s, maybe early 30s at that point. So walks away $170 million, clear.
1: That's a nice payout.
0: I mean, he. I always think he could have just taken half of that and just thrown it into like, all right, this is my retirement count for me and all of my heirs. Yeah, and I'm stuck I'll, for life. I'll take this other half and you know fiddle with it and do some other projects, creative pursuits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, he didn't do that. He's like, I'm going to take this 170 million. I'm going to take half of it. I'm going to put it into this company called SpaceX. And SpaceX. Basically produces reusable rockets that he launches mm-hmm. into outer space. Okay, first company to do it since NASA. Okay. And then he's going to take the other half of that $170 million and he's going to throw it into a new startup automaker called Tesla. And they're all, all they're going to make is electric cars. And at the time, like nobody's really buying electric cars, you know they had right. Well,
1: this was twenty years ago, or yeah, this is
0: yeah. I think it started like two thousand three. Yeah, it is seventeen years ago Mm -hmm. exactly. And so yeah, starts doing two things that have very small probabilities of success, but like a little kid, he's just kind of like, this is what I want to do, and this is what I dream about, and this is what gets me up early in the morning. It's what I'm excited about. This and, is my
1: passion project, and I'm and going I, all in. That's a huge amount of commitment, though.
0: All I, in. If I lose I it can't all... I can
1: imagine that. Yeah.
0: So fast forward to 2008. Now the financial crisis hits, right? And both companies mm-hmm. are not doing that well at that point. Mm-hmm. And literally, he's on the verge of bankruptcy and sleeping on his friend's couch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At one point... so. A few years earlier, had $170 million, (laughs) and now he's sleeping on friends' couches, mortgaging his house, like Mm -hmm. just, you know, down and out, like by the skin of his teeth, like basically pulled through that crisis. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. You know, now Tesla is larger from a market cap than GM, larger than Ford, Mm. larger than companies that have been around for over 100 years in the auto manufacturing space. And there's been so many auto manufacturers that have gone out of business over those years. Mm-hmm. The only two companies, get this statistic, the only two company auto manufacturers that have not gone bankrupt at one point are mm-hmm. Ford
1: mm-hmm.
0: And, and Tesla. The Only two. Every single other auto manufacturer has gone bankrupt. Mm-hmm. The GM was bailed out yep. in the financial crisis. So yeah, I start the post with like this funny story about like the kids. So, like, we're, anytime we go anywhere... Yeah. Driving around, and you see it all over. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're
1: everywhere, yeah.
0: This Teslas everywhere. And we can now pick them out from like, you know, <laughs> a good quarter mile away. I could just see the T on the mm-hmm. front. And so it's like punch buggy, you know? Like yeah. my, they, my kids could see it better than we can. Mm. And like Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. And then they're literally every like 10th car is a Tesla, it seems like. And uh, yeah, it's just been this thing that I followed. I'm so inspired. I've never been inspired by any type of executive or entrepreneur.
1: He's not a typical executive though. No. Or he's not a traditional executive, I guess would be a better way to say it.
0: Not a traditional executive. He's...
1: He's certainly an entrepreneur in spirit.
0: Yeah. He considers himself more of like an engineer. Like Mm. that's his base. Like that's his understanding. And then like an engineer, then... CEO, business person, but Mm -hmm. first, like engineer. So, yeah, I've just been a fanboy of this guy and just like watching him over the years.
1: It's a cool story. I mean, just from watching his life experience, it's a cool story.
0: Really cool story. And just his demeanor. It's, we talk a lot about on this podcast how we all have similar life experiences in that we deal with grief, we deal with struggle, we deal with doubt, we deal with fear. Fear. Yeah. And anxiety, you see anxiety and insecurity. he does. He's definitely not immune to that. Obviously he's a human being, mm-hmm. even though some people think he's an alien. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he thinks he, he likes to like play off that too. But yeah, he just, for whatever reason, like it just seems like he seems immune to it he, or he seems to handle it in a way that I've never seen another person handle it because he's, he's literally running one of the largest companies in the world, you know, mm-hmm. It's probably, I don't know, top 100 largest companies in the world. And, you know, he's got Wall Street breathing down his neck. He's got stockholders that want answers. He's got the board of directors that want to know what's going on. He's being pulled in many different directions. It's on such a large scale. Hmm. So I I think of myself, I'm like, I'm a sole proprietor and I have my business (laughs) and I have me to worry about, you know, and my family.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: and just the scale like i don't get the scale and how he can do it and not only do it but not succumb to the the expectation of you know society at, at large or of you know wall street all they want to know in wall street is like how are you doing this quarter they don't care right. about w- where your company is 10 years down the road
1: they're focused on the bottom line and he's focused on the innovation and the creativity you know you and i've talked a lot about you can tell when people are truly passionate about something. Like Mm -hmm. it comes through in nonverbal ways, even when they communicate about things that they're just deeply passionate about. And it seems like he is one of those people and he's not interested in playing some corporate traditional game or telling people what they want to hear and conforming to external expectations. And that's so unusual. It's unfortunate that it's so unusual in corporate America, but it is.
0: And and he kind of goes against the grain of, what we've talked about in the Tony Robbins podcast about that adrenaline fueled, positive thinking, all, he doesn't have all this bluster. He basically just talks about his vision, how he's going to execute it and just the fun stuff he's trying to do with his cars, the different, you know, the performance of the cars, the quality of the car, the safety of the car, all the things he's trying He rarely talks about like, quarterly like well this quarter we're gonna do this amount of revenue and this on the okay, bottom right, line numbers pro-
1: are, Right. Well,
0: yeah, it's just not about yeah. ba- I mean the guy's worth 20 billion dollars And you know just a year ago they had this whole like news special that he was sleeping on the couch in the tesla factory Because he's like it makes no sense for me to go home Because mm. we're in this production nightmare at this point. We're trying to get this stuff done I need to be here for this mm. I'm like what other ceo would do something like that?
1: that level of commitment
0: such a high level of commitment and you get the feeling well obviously it's not even you get the feeling you know from his history if he took every amount of money he had 170 million and just puts it into these things that are just a shot in the dark yeah and now you see him he's got 20 billion like there's not an ounce of anything in me that thinks that this guy's out for the money yeah it
1: just
0: you just don't see it you know and and it just Separates him from every other corporate CEO out there. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you talk about it's almost like he's speaking a different language in like watching video clips, you know, comparing like traditional CEOs and corporate people, how they communicate, even. It's like they're speaking a different language.
0: Yeah. The stodgy white guy with, you know, his, his suit like all done up perfectly and he's talking numbers. Executive. And, yeah. yeah. And he's very confident and measured and everything. And he's got he spreadsheets
1: says. and yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, and just very confidently talk, and he's talking the corporate Kool-Aid, like he's, yeah. he's just saying like what everybody else says, you know, about profits and revenue and about the bottom line, about this and that, and then uh, Elon Musk gets on, he starts like stammering, he's like, well, <laughs> d- 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 let me see, uh, you know, we're going to try to get the, you know, and he's talking about batteries, and he's talking about the technology, and he's talking about how his cars are going to be driving themselves mm. in a few years. And he gets criticized because he makes these kind of outlandish predictions Mm. and then maybe he doesn't do it in the time frame he says but he eventually does it yeah but he gets held to the standard of this guy's crazy he's a charlatan and
1: well you've talked to i think you said that he and the tesla have been called um was it is it a battleground what was the word
0: battleground stock
1: yeah that it's just very polarizing like you love it or you hate it like there's not much middle ground there's not much lukewarm reaction to someone who and he's such an outlier he's just so different from yes. the rest of the pack that he just stands out
0: he's like the epitome of challenging the system like going the against fucking yeah and you see it like every time i see an interview on cnbc of like the executives of the big car manufacturers get on there and they're like he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know the auto business. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. They're all against him. I mean, I, I can't wait just to see the one CEO that's like, you know what? I throw my hands up in the air. This guy right. really a fan got it down da-
1: product. Yeah, yeah I'm he's got it ahead. down
0: pat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should learn from him, you know?
1: Instead of looking at competition and a threat and going on the attack and cutting someone else down. Yeah. Maybe focusing on your own business and
0: yeah. learning
1: from innovation and creativity, perhaps. Hmm.
0: It's Yeah. And it makes it so apparent that mm. they're, they're so fearful of the way this industry is going because mm. essentially the industry is getting away from, they call it ice vehicles, internal combustion engine, and they're going towards um, electric vehicles, mm-hmm. which, you know, And you can see all the trends, how they're working, like Tesla's numbers go up and all the internal combustion engines are going down. And not only that, governments, countries are banning the actual production of internal combustion engines going forward, Mm -hmm. some as soon as next year. So which means in their country, you cannot produce an internal combustion engine going forward. I think one of them is France, but there's a few. I haven't researched it, but yeah, this guy, it's... He's vulnerable. Like when he talks, he's vulnerable and he's stammering and he's not that He seems like a real
1: person. He doesn't seem like a suit. He seems like an actual human being.
0: Yeah. He's just like a visionary nerd, you know, like he knows what he's doing and he's got this like bold vision and he's just kind of sticking to it. And he's like, I don't want to hear all. I don't want
1: to play your Wall Street mind games.
0: Yeah. Your Wall Street corporate stuff. Yeah. You guys worry about that. Let me just focus on making something amazing here. Mm hmm. That's what I love about it. Like I love the whole idea that he's he 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 stands out so far from the pack because he doesn't get on a CNBC, he doesn't get on any type of news channel. You'll never see him interviewed in that kind of on that kind of platform. He'll always be interviewed maybe like on a podcast for somebody that's technology oriented or like a small kind of uh niche kind of thing that's more talking about the technology, mm-hmm. but he'll never get on as like this business guy and talking about the numbers of the company. So he just has a whole different demeanor than everyone else out there that I've seen.
1: Interesting that he doesn't seem to be one to jump on media exposure.
0: Well, well we didn't talk about Twitter, so I think he's got like 30 million Twitter followers and well, that's so social
1: media, but like
0: social media. You know, tra- yeah, yeah, he doesn't do the traditional thing. Yeah, so he's very big on social media. Um, and they just came out with this, you know, crazy cyber truck and so mm-hmm. that's their their take on the pickup truck and it looks like a space vehicle.
1: Okay. And uh I haven't seen
0: it. Yeah, that's been like the latest news with him. Um, at least with Tesla. Let's like put some caveats in here. Number one, I do not recommend anybody out there buying Tesla stock. <laughs> this is not a recommendation on the stock. It's just a talk about the car and Elon it's Musk. It's just
1: an for entertainment purposes only, as Please. conversations. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's just a fun topic because it's some of it's one of those things like you drive around town, like something You don't even notice it until you start looking for it, how common they are.
0: Yeah. And I have this weird kind of like compulsion, literally like I'm in the parking lot at the supermarket and I see one, I'm running over to it. I'm like my hands on the glass and I'm looking in. I'm like, oh, look at that. And there's there's no buttons and there's this giant like flat screen right in the middle and everything's controlled by the flat screen, Mm. like a little kid. So I did this a couple of weeks ago and the owner of the Tesla came out. And I just, you know, I picked my head up from the window. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, what do you think of the car? He's like, Oh, it's the best car I've ever driven. He's like, you know, if I wasn't going to get my wife right now, I'd let you drive it. Cause I want you to like, you know, really experience what it feels like to drive one of these things. Wow. He's like, and he's like, my wife's got a Mercedes. I'm like we're getting rid of the Mercedes. I'm getting her a Tesla too. I'm like, Oh my. And <laughs> I had four other experiences where people just told me that I love the car and yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to drive anything else, but this guy was like off the rails, like
1: wow,
0: was all about it. And so when you see that, like somebody that's so passionate about their car, like mm. I drive my car. I like it. I am not going to okay. like, not screaming from the rooftops. I love Jeeps, you know, right. like it's a Jeep. It's great. I mean, it's it's fine. Okay. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gets me where I need to go. I actually do enjoy driving my car. But... Yeah. But I wouldn't rave about it to people. It's just, I personally like driving it.
0: So. Would you let like somebody in a parking lot, let, let them drive no. your car?
1: <laughs> I would not. <laughs> you
0: got to try that car. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. But to so speak to my car's age, even my car is a six speed manual and they're not making those anymore either. Like those are being phased out. So there's some, there's like, if somebody called it, it's my favorite description of my car ever. Um, somebody goes. I really appreciate your millennial anti-theft device
0: because millennial. millennials
1: can't drive oh, manual. And I'm like, like, oh, yeah.
0: That's so, like your your version of the club.
1: Yeah, the club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, six speed.
1: Mm-hmm. Six speed. It's a V6. That car moves.
0: What kind of car is it? An Accord. And a cord, a six-speed Accord. Oh, wow!
1: Yeah, it looks all generic from the outside, and then you like get in the drive, and it's like, oh, this is a badass car. Yeah,
0: huh? Never knew they had a six-speed. Okay, yeah. interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love manuals. I that was my first car too.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't my first, but it was my second, and so I just talk about total commitment. I bought the car, knowing it was a five-speed, it was a Jetta, and had never driven manual mm. before. At a Camry it was my first car, and I just gave myself no other option. So I bought the car and then it arrives. I was still looking at my parents in college at the time. I'm like, well, if you want to get anywhere, you're going to figure out how to drive this thing. So yeah, that's how I learned. Just there you go. Cut Thrown off to all th- other options.
0: <laughs> Burn the bridges.
1: <laughs> figure it out because I'm not staying home. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the reason I, I wanted to talk about Tesla, again, I never drove the car. I, I've never been in one. I've never even been in a Tesla before. I never sat in one. Well, no, I take that back. I saw, a, I saw one at like a Nordstrom. They had like one of those cars mm-hmm. in the it's store. Like, yes, yeah. yeah, so I think I actually sat in one. But just the, the buzz on it. And then when I see this guy speak and I see nobody else acting like this guy, mm-hmm. I don't see anybody else that acts like him. And it well, just maybe, doesn't make any sense.
1: Maybe he's just being himself.
0: Shocking. I mean, Isn't
1: that a novel concept in the business world? Like just being who you actually are? Huh.
0: It's like he's, it, but it's so rare that it sticks out so much. Totally. That, that's why, like we were saying, Battleground Stuck, it's so polarizing mm-hmm. because it's so opposite of what. So different. Yeah, just through and through. The guy showed up on the Joe Rogan podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah, and the big deal there, they're in California. Marijuana is legal. Mm-hmm. And he smokes a joint with Joe Rogan. And, you know, everybody's up in arms. How could a CEO of a company smoke weed and, you know. This is the thing. This guy does not care. Like, fine. You know, the stock actually did plummet the next day after he was on live stream smoking weed. But just, yeah, everything about it. um, Where, where's the company going to go? I don't know. I mean, there's no real long-term speculation here. I mean, if I had to bet, I would think that it's going to do extremely well. Hmm. There's no way of really knowing. I can see where it is now. I can see the trajectory. I see where it's come from who knows what's going to happen in the future? Who knows, you know, if some president jumps in and says we're banning electric cars, I don't know. I mean,
1: yeah. And there's no way to predict accurately. Anyway, I could speculate all day long, but you can, who knows? I mean, and who knows what new companies, vehicle manufacturers may come out that we don't know about yet. Like he's kind of blazed a trail and kind of disrupted the, the more traditional what we've been used to when it comes to the auto industry.
0: What I like about him too is the, the risk factor. So we talk about fear a lot and we talk mm. about, you know, overcoming fear and there's levels to this, right? So, you know, I was telling you before we started talking, I'm a sole proprietor and, wow. you know, I'm running my, my business here and this guy is running a multi-billion dollar corporation, multiple multi-billion dollar corporations
1: yeah with lots of
0: employees lots of employees you know 30 million people on twitter huge following pulled in a million different directions Mm -hmm. and he seems to obviously he also claims that you know at times very stressed out not sleeping he's a he's a human being
1: yeah
0: although again he claims to be an alien um (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, he is a human being and he, he's stressed. But for, for whatever reason, he rises to that occasion. It's almost like the passion he has for this
1: yeah, overrides all of
0: that mm-hmm. outside. Because there's got, again, he, there's got to be so many pressures on this guy. Mm-hmm. So, more than I could possibly ever fathom. Wall Street, stockholders, board of directors, um, just the public, the media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Everybody's after this guy. And he just kind of somehow just mumbles through it and, you know, just keeps doing what he's doing and keeps producing amazing products that everybody raves about. And we haven't even talked about, like, the whole environmental piece of this. Right. You know.
1: He just seems to have an incredibly high tolerance for risk. Like, the thought of dumping all of my money into a new company, that is terrifying. I can't imagine taking a leap like that. And he did it with two companies.
0: Two companies. And we we just finished that post called nothing to lose.
1: Yeah.
0: And so it goes, like he has a mentality of nothing to lose. Like a hundred like the money didn't mean anything. I mean, I'm sure it meant something. It wasn't like there was zero fear. I'm sure you had plenty of fear.
1: Driving, motivating factor.
0: Obviously not. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously not, right? If it was, then he wouldn't be throwing it in all of it. I mean, why not take half of it? Yeah. You know, with half of it, you, you're still going to be fine.
1: Be more reasonable. Yeah.
0: No, there's no, it's, that's <laughs> off the chart for him. There's no reasonability. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so when people start to say they're like, well, oh, well, you know, he's worth $20 billion and you know, we can't really trust this guy. He's a rich guy. First of all, all the money's tied up in Tesla stock. It's the only holding he has. I mean, he owns like real estate and stuff, but he only all like ninety nine percent of his net worth is rolled up into Tesla stock. I mean, what more? How much more commitment can you have your company when your whole net worth's rolled into it? And and the fear aspect of it, it seems like the whole rest of the industry is fueled on fear.
1: Yeah, but totally. that
0: he, he's now, you know, innovating, he's bucking the trend, and now it's taking hold mainstream.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And all of the other companies that have been around for 100 years that have done the same thing
1: mm-hmm. over
0: and over, they produce the same cars, the same styles, they've just rested on their laurels. This guy's coming out of the woodwork, and they're all just kind of holding on tight and just going to try to squeeze every dollar mm-hmm. out of an industry that's it's 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 going away eventually it's not a question of if it's when
1: and change is the only constant and so we talked a little bit about you know elon musk and tesla being kind of in direct opposition to the traditional consumerist disposable to speak to the environmental aspect of it you know we live in a consumerist disposable culture like just throw it away like with no concern for impact on the environment and no concern this company is innovating and, you know, you mentioned like you're very aware of like when you go put gas in your car, like you're putting this fuel into the car to burn it and put it out into the environment.
0: And it stinks that and you like d- you know it's poison, like 20 mm-hmm. gallons of this stuff I'm just pumping in every week into my car. Right. But I never thought about it before, but I guess the more I've been seeing other electric cars around and how they're just like plugging their vehicle in. You don't have to burn this stuff.
1: Isn't it interesting the illumination of that increasing awareness brings, like things you never would have considered from following this one company? The story of this guy, it's illuminated awareness in different areas of your life. Yeah. It just shifted perspective to kind of maybe consider things like that we just always accepted as traditional or the way things are. And then something new shows up and can open a different level of awareness, which is fascinating.
0: Yeah, especially when it comes late. So you never really thought before, you know, there were electric cars before Tesla, but they mm-hmm. never really took hold. These auto manufacturers would sell very minute amounts of electric cars. And then he was kind of the first, you know, to really take that and launch it mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, to the population. Um, but yeah, now you see like the charging stations, you see all that. It's, oh, they're
1: all over the place. Yeah.
0: Yeah now he's trying to create a battery that's going to go a million miles you know so imagine that you know a million mile battery mm-hmm. where like you said the whole reusable you know most cars go what one hundred fifty thousand. maybe if you really like get a good one two hundred thousand miles yeah and he's trying to build cars that will go a million miles and then to boot and this is the the biggest thing for me all that was well and good but when we talk about self-driving Mm-hmm. where you literally do not have to drive the car. Mm. They're not there yet. Though they have this system called self-driving where it helps you. You know, it will yeah, actually veer onto the highway. It's better than what most vehicles have. It's definitely safer than any other car. I think it's like eight times safer at this point. But it's eventually, we don't know when, he promises things ahead of when they usually happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean you gotta think in five years, I mean definitely within ten years, there's gonna be a car that they're gonna make that literally you have to do nothing,
1: mm. and
0: it's probably a hundred times more safe than a human driving it
1: well, we were talking earlier about how stupid people are driving around, <laughs> like they're not yeah. paying attention, they're yeah. distracted, and it's yeah, it's alarming
0: yeah. Yeah, a two thousand pound metal death box that you're driving down the road, and while you're looking texting. at it while yeah. texting and eating something and yelling at your kid. I'm like, put two hands on the wheel and look straight ahead, <laughs> and don't do anything.
1: Focus on what you're doing. Yeah,
0: please, please, we all beg of you, just focus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just that, just that alone, that they're predicting like down the road. So there's forty. I think it's like thirty to forty thousand deaths per year by car accidents. Mm. Thirty to forty thousands—that's like a stadium full of people.
1: Yeah,
0: every year from you know car accidents, terrible, like you know wrecking people's lives and the general, you know, and their kids and their families, and just that alone. And he made a comment. He talked about back in the fifties when they were coming out with uh, seatbelts. Uh, Before yeah. the fifties, there wasn't even seatbelts. You yeah. just drive a car and fly through the windshield. Yeah. Sorry. Then they came out with seatbelts, and it was te- and it was known that they were going to help. You know, you're basically obviously not going to save everybody, but that's going to be it's going to be a lot safer.
1: Increase the yeah,
0: but the car companies were against it, and so it took like 15 years Mm. for that to even take hold for the regulators to have it mandatory that all cars had seatbelts. So that's 15 years of people dying because they didn't want to because
1: they're resisting innovation that impact safety. How funny!
0: And it's funny. It's kind of and and. Elon Musk, you know, basically talked about this and he's kind of out ahead of it. He kind of realizes this is the trajectory of how it's going to go. He's like, we're going to get this technology. It's going to work really well, but then you got to get it through regulations. Yeah. So then everybody's got to be on board and Mm -hmm. it changes so many things because now it doesn't just change that and it changes the insurance industry. Yeah. Because how are you going to insure a car when you have people driving it and you got people not driving it and, you know.
1: Well, it's the ripple effect of innovation. And there's no way to predict that. I mean, there's no way. The growing pains, like
0: major growing pains of innovation, Mm -hmm. especially on this big of a scale. It's the automobile industry, like everybody has a car.
1: Yeah. Use every day. I mean, some people don't in nature, like New York, it's not uncommon to not have a car in Manhattan, but in most places, like Charlotte is not a walk friendly city. I mean, it's a driving city. Definitely.
0: Got and you. most most people have a personal car too. It's not even like one car to the family. It's like each adult has a car. Exactly. Like, wow, everybody has a car and everybody's burning fuel. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, I, I like everything about this guy. I mean, it's just my thing. I like his vulnerability. I like that he focuses on the innovation, the product, making things better, trying to make the world better. Um, I like that he's got this grand vision. I like that he's not arrogant. I like that it's not this adrenaline fueled, like kind of like raw, raw session. It's not about that. It's, it's
1: not about hey, look how great I am. No, about my products. It's not all about him. It seems like it, it's not that arrogant, self centered, self absorbed perspective. That's yeah. refreshing.
0: I mean, imagine having more people like a guy like this in different industries, like in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. Hey, how about we start figuring out things that like help people and that don't have like a thousand side effects to get, you know, one benefit?
1: That's a whole other conversation. I know. Or
0: (laughs) I mean, we need guys like, I mean, who's doing big things like him? I, I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that I don't, I'm not aware of. He's probably the most visible.
1: That aren't getting the level of publicity or social media Exposure that someone like him is, but he's definitely a a very public figure. But I'm sure that I know that there are other innovators in, you know, even more behind the scenes professions that even ghostwriting, like that was enlightening. Mm. Like, this is a whole, people are doing this every day. Like, and it's such a solid, it's not a solitary thing because conversation is a huge part of it. But like, for me as a ghostwriter to realize, oh, I'm not the only one doing this every day, there's other writers out there across the world that get up and do this. Yeah. You don't see them on the news and I had no concept that the, or awareness that this profession existed because it's not getting publicity, but yeah, there's, there's behind the scenes innovation and creativity happening all the time in a variety of businesses.
0: Yeah. I think it's just like his scale makes him more mainstream and very visible. visible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping someday. I'm very. I'm too cheap to get a Tesla at this point. So you know, but I'm thinking, Descally you know, maybe conservative. Just, <laughs> 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 that's exactly that's that's what I meant to say. Yep. Yeah, maybe five years down the road. <laughs> Once they get that auto driving, that Once self-driving, they
1: work out the kinks and the yeah, some of the latest innovations.
0: And I just think of my daughter. So my daughter's twelve, and so it mm. means what three to four years she's going to get like a learner's permit. Yeah. Like, I'm terrified. I mean, she's so distracted. Like, she's literally on her phone all the time. Like, all kids are. And I'm like, you're going to put her behind the wheel of the car?
1: Right.
0: I mean, I think every parent deals with this, but I'm projecting four years ahead. And I'm like, that's horrifying to me.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't want to drive around them. Like, no. Yeah.
0: Like, Elon, Elon, please get this this self-driving perfected before my daughter gets behind the wheel. Mm. I don't ever want her to drive a car. Maybe like on like some padded track or something, you know?
1: Like bumper cars. Bump- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'd be thrilled. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. She's not gonna like that I'm saying this. But yeah, well that's our take on Tesla and E. This Elon was just Musk. a
1: very fun topic. It was fun to write about it, too. Just,
0: it was. Yeah. It was. And after reading his autobiography, it was just like illuminating as far as like seeing where he came from, came from South Africa, then became a citizen of the US and just the whole thing. It's just so You know, the people talk about, like, hard work. I'm like, yeah, hard work is – it's such a hard term to, like, really define. Hard work. What does that even mean? This guy, of course, spent many hours working on things that he was very passionate about. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he really had a choice. Like, I think everything in him drove him to do this. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, like, this uh, military-type discipline. It was more of, like, just this passion to – do things that he wanted to do and to see his, you know, visions come to life.
1: Yeah. That's
0: so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you everybody for listening. Come follow us at faconfessions.com and please subscribe, like leave a review, share Right. Next week we have a heavier topic,
1: but also a common one
0: very common one. Many of you have been through it, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. Uh, It's called divorce. So we're going to be talking about divorce next week and maybe kind of tie that into finance a little bit, but we're going to stick on the emotional and the psychological aspects of divorce. And I, myself, nine to 10 years removed, and Diane, you just mentioned...
1: Three. No, two and a half. Almost three. Yeah.
0: So you're going to get a couple of different perspectives, you know, just me being a little further away from it. Mm-hmm. Um but I think we share a lot of common things just from what we've talked about. I think everybody deals with a lot of the same issues when it comes to divorce.
1: It is a very unique fire to walk through and beyond. And yeah, it's that club that I don't think any of us expected to join, but yeah, here we are.
0: And when I knew of like people that were divorced before I was divorced, Mm-hmm. I never knew what it meant. Like I yeah. knew what it meant on paper. I knew that it meant you broke up. <laughs> right. You know that's oh you know you're no longer married. Okay, I get okay. it. Yeah. No clue how deep it goes. Like and so how there,
1: there's a difference between knowledge and understanding. So you can have knowledge about divorce, like oh you're not married anymore, but the understanding of divorce doesn't come unless you experience it personally.
0: Definitely. I mean that, and it's the most apparent with divorce because it's mm-hmm. so gut wrenching for everybody involved no matter how you know even if it was good for you if it, we'll get into this next week. yeah,
1: yeah okay we'll we have a lot to say about
0: <laughs> a lot to say well thanks diane uh it was fun and thanks, uh up. yeah we'll see everybody next week see you next week bye